This is Inside Lakeside, Episode 4. I'm your host, Chris Slayton, the broadcast meeting teacher here at Lakeside High School. This week is a conversation with Linda Self, the GT coordinator for the Lakeside School District. We talked about our Canadian roots. So I grew up in a town, I always thought it was a small town, Hamilton, Ontario. It's equal distance between Toronto and Niagara Falls. Athletic achievements. Played basketball for four years. Our basketball team was wonderful. Four years, we never won a game. (laughs) The best we ever did was tie. Dealing with students. Funny thing is, as a teacher now, that's what I work really hard on. Take chances. Yes, it's going to make you cry. Crying is okay. Yes. You know, it is so okay for you to feel frustrated, to cry, because you. but you know what? You're going to be better because of it. And her own immigration path to being a U.S. citizen. I stayed on my green card till it expired because I was too lazy to do anything about it. It's, green card's good for 10 years. Other than the FBI losing my paperwork for a year and I had to refile, so I had to pay another $400 to refile for citizenship, I am a citizen now. You growing up, where are you from? Okay. A little bit. So I grew up in a town, I always thought it was a small town, Hamilton, Ontario. It's equal distance between Toronto and Niagara Falls. Um, being so close to Toronto, I thought it was small until I met my husband and I, uh, I was telling him I'm from a small town down the road. And then when he came to, he's going, holy cow. I said, well, that's what? It's only 400,000 people. It's not that big. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so, you know, obviously being, he's from Arkansas. So he thought I was completely insane. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in this town and I guess we consider it small because everybody was in a neighborhood. There were neighborhood schools. Everybody walked to school. You walked home for lunch. You know, you didn't eat lunch at school. Um, and you know, same thing with high school, you walked to school and I lived exactly a mile away from the high school, which, you know, so I would bring my lunch, but I could walk home if I wanted to. Um, so all of that made it feel like a much, much smaller town. Um, my mom still lives in the same house I grew up in. My friends' parents still live in the same houses. When I go home to visit her in the summertime, you know, they're all still there. Um, obviously, my friends have scattered, but, but the, the old people are still in their houses, still on the same street, doing the same old thing. So, so yeah, to me, it always seemed like a kind of a small town. So did you legit walk to school in the snow? Oh, yeah. Um, the best part of that... Um, <clears throat> the best part of that was... The snowbanks, because the uh, the plow would come at some point, usually before we got up, and push it all to the side. So you'd have a sidewalk to walk on, but then about two, three feet higher was a snowbank, you know, sitting there where all the snow had been pushed. So we would walk on the tops of those. Who wanted to walk on the sidewalk? We walked on the tops of the snowbanks. Um, but yeah, there were some days, and my mom was one of those people. You go to school if school's open, you know, and school was never closed. Um, so yeah, there was a few days that, you know, you bundled up. So the only thing that was sticking out was your eyes and you'd walk to school. And then if nobody showed up, they'd send you home by lunch, you know, and they cancel school, but they never canceled school unless there was no population. You know, there's going, there's no point in teaching three kids out of 20 or whatever. So then they would send you home. Um, there were many times I would walk to school. Like I said, that mile walk was like 20 minutes just to get turned around again saying, go home. It's like, oh, okay. So they did but, it based off of kids at school? Yeah. They never canceled. Well, that, this was 100 years ago, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they just canceled school 
depending on who showed up. If everybody showed up, they would teach us. Can you imagine what they'd do here? What the kids would do if that was the case here? <laughs> yeah, really, nobody would show up for yeah. school. Um, in fact, there were several days here that I would have like a tenth of my population. It was like, okay, guys, let's talk physics. Or it's like, oh, no. What was the point in that? So, so uh, what were you like in high school? What, okay. what, what Your educational background, what would you do? I didn't take a lot of chances. I didn't take classes that I didn't think I was going to do well in, yeah. even though I really should have. I yeah. really should have taken a drafting class. I really should have been an engineer, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Um, I always took the safe way, the safe bet. And the funny thing is, as a teacher now, that's what I work really hard on. Take chances. Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to make you cry. Yeah. Crying is okay. Yes. You know, it is so okay for you to feel frustrated, to cry, because you. but you know what? You're going to be better because of it. You are going to be so much better because because I was that chicken. Yeah. I mean, yes, like I said, I was friends with everybody. Everybody, you know, oh, yeah, Linda, I remember her, but nobody knew me. Mm-hmm. I didn't take that chance to open up and let mm-hmm. anybody actually know me mm-hmm. as a person, as, you know. And same thing with educationally. I took chemistry because I was good at it. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. But I was good at it. I was safe. It was a safe choice for me. Again, I always thought my high school was way bigger than Lakeside, but when I look back at my, my graduating class and stuff, it wasn't that much much bigger. Um, it was bigger, but not that, that much bigger. Um, so yeah, I was one of those kids. I played sports. Um, obviously, I was... Hockey, I'm sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> Girls didn't play hockey. Ah. Girls didn't play hockey when I was a kid. They do now, obviously. Girls played field hockey. Um, that's the other thing. We had way wider variety of sports because in Canada, you don't get a scholarship for athletics. There's only one school in the whole country that gives athletic scholarships, and that's way out west on the near Vancouver, Simon Fraser University. All the other universities are allowed to give academic scholarships. Is that still the way today? Yeah. Um, they, uh, it's just a, and I mean, there's a little ways around it, um, but no, you played sports for fun. All of our sports were like right after school so that you could get home. Some kids had to go to work after their sporting event. You know, some kids, you know, would work seven till nine in the evening. So, or five to nine or whatever. So they tried to make it available for you to still play sports. Uh, but yeah, I played, played basketball for four years. Our basketball team was wonderful. Four years, we never won a game. <laughs> the best we ever did was tie. Um, I know I've told the kids this sometimes because I just shake my head. I said, we were that bad. We lost one game 92-6. to Best part of that game was our coach got kicked out because he started cussing the other coach for running up the score. And we're all just going, what did you think we were going to do? You knew we were a bad team. You knew how bad we were. And this was like the, the, the former champions that we were playing, you know, the defending champs. Yeah. And, uh. Oh yeah, that was a bad game. That's awesome. What? Yeah. what why play? Like, oh, because well, I mean, we loved it. Okay. We had fun, and it wasn't like we weren't getting shots. We just couldn't pay anything to go down. Yeah. I mean, we were getting plenty of shots off, but it was just we were having an off day, and they were running layups against us. It was hilarious. It was yeah. Wow. Uh, our volleyball team was good. I played volleyball as well, um, but but yeah. So I was kind of the. I got along with all the athletes. I definitely did not do music. If you can listen to my voice, it's not, you know, <laughs> I couldn't keep a beat to save my life. So definitely was not one of those music kids. Yeah. Um, what uh, did you get your degree in? Oh, chemistry. I have a degree in chemistry. So how'd you get into teaching? What'd you do? Okay. <laughs> well, well, I, uh, 
Did you come to go no, straight I from? No, I did not go straight from there. I, I actually worked for a company. My first job was with a, an engineering consulting company. Um, they had a job on a hazardous waste site where they needed, you know, technical people. And I worked, so it was, they were contracted by the EPA. So it would be like the Canadian version of the EPA, the Ministry of the Environment. Um, so we were, we were contracted technically, but we were doing the work of the government. It was a hazardous waste site where they were cleaning up, you know, the ground where they had basically just dumped all of the toxic material into a big hole in the ground. Yeah. So the company that was cleaning it was from El Dorado, Arkansas. They, uh, they had a patent on a, on a, basically a kiln to burn all of this highly contaminated material. And they could carry it around the country on 18 flatbed trucks. Um, so they were there for three, four, five years. And so that's where I met my husband. So I was working there. He was working for this company from El Dorado, Arkansas. Um, so after that, you know, you clean up a hazardous waste site, there's no work there anymore. So after that, we, you know, we were dating. And so we got married and I came to Arkansas. He has a He'd been married before, so he has a daughter, and that's why I have grandkids. Anybody who knows me is going, well, how is your grandkids the same age as your son? Well, because his daughter was actually married before we were. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so that's why we chose to live in Arkansas. He was still traveling around the country with this hazardous waste thing. He went to New Jersey for a while. He went to Nebraska for a while. He went to Arizona for a while. He finally ended up on an island in the middle Pacific Ocean. So... We bought a house here in Diamond Head where he was close enough to an airport. Um, he felt we were safe, you know, behind the wall. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> whatever. Um, but, uh, so yeah, when, so I was a stay-at-home mom for five years. I did, I, I did work for a short period of time while when my husband was between jobs, between, I worked for a short period of time in Little Rock where they, again, kind of doing quality control, a company that made plastic water bottles like for Mountain Valley spring water and for Coca-Cola, before a water bottle has the shape it has, it, it's molded out of plastic and it looks kind of like a test tube. So I was like their quality control manager. But I only did that for a short while because my kid was the first one in the daycare and the last one out. So, you know, and I, we didn't really need the money once he got back to working. So I went back to being a stay-at-home mom. And uh, when he started school... I started subbing. It's like, well, now he's in school. Dylan, right? Yes, Dylan. Yes. So, yeah, he, and so this is what, 2000, he started school. So I started subbing. I kind of fell into the sub position in the primary school with the special needs kids, the K4 self contained class. Not every sub wants to do that. And, you know, every time they needed somebody, they would call me. So, Mr. Bledsoe was a principal at the time, and, you know, he knew he could count on me to be there and do that. And so he, the next year, hired me as a paraprofessional. So I was the teacher's aide in that class for two years. Um, again, Dylan was in that building, so it was kind of convenient. I could take him to school and bring him home every day. I love those kids. I would have done that job forever. I really, really would have done that job forever. They're little, you know, they need all the help they can get. There's so much potential. You see it in their eyes. They want to be there. They want, so, you know, there's just... You know, you're a teacher that you're not making any money, and I have a degree in chemistry, for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, chemistry degree people are paraprofessionals. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, a couple of other people that I knew were looking into getting a teaching license, and back then you could do an alternative license. You can still do alternative licenses, but now there's some coursework that goes with it. 
Back then it was not. It was just you take the test, you pass the test, you do a couple of summer workshops for a couple of weeks um, and get a crash course on teaching. That's how I did. I, yeah. I passed tests. I grabbed yeah. as many endorsements as I could get yeah, exactly. and walked out the door. Exactly. So I did all of that. And I, coincidentally enough, Dr. Cravey decided to retire the same year that I finished my licensing. So I applied for the job up here in the high school and, and I got it. Mr. McLaughlin was a principal at the time. And, you know, he can still tell you some interesting stories about my first year. But, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, I remember talking to Quad. He was the history teacher. And he's going, man, we thought for sure this person's going to get eaten alive coming from the primary school, going to the high school. What is going on here? Um, you know, hindsight, he's going, yeah, he could tell me that in hindsight because, yeah. it, you know, I managed to survive. Um, but, yeah, that was a, you know, I, I was still thinking of high school kids as college kids, like my experience in college. I, you know, kids are kids. And even now working in the middle school, kids are kids. Everybody says, well, how do you deal with those? I'm going, they're the same kids, you know. They, uh, they're all, you know, they're different level of maturity maybe, but, you know, they all pretty much want the same thing. They want that attention. They want to be loved. They want, you know, they want to feel like they're getting something useful out of being here. They don't want to be wasting their time. So, so. Man. Yeah. So, so I, that's crazy. So you yeah. met your husband in Canada on the job uh -huh. site. And then, so how did you decide to move? What was that again? Like, what was the decision? Like, y'all were. He, well, like I say, because he had a family. He had a daughter he wanted to be closer to. Yeah. He, he could have, we could have gotten married and lived in Canada. He would have had to go through the immigration process, but he still would have had a job here. Yeah, yeah. It would have been no problem because he was constantly traveling. Um, it just made more sense for him to be near his daughter. She was 18, you know, yeah. and his mom. Um, not that I don't have a mom, I have a mom too, but, you know, he had. I, it just it just made more sense for us to live here, and I never imagined myself living the rest of my life in that. You know, growing up, my mom was an immigrant from Hungary. Um, growing up, this is the interesting story I love to tell my kids in class. Yeah, I like I said, it was a community school, neighborhood school. Mm -hmm. All of our parents were immigrants. Almost none of us spoke English at home. You know, the same. I grew up with the same thirty kids from kindergarten through eighth grade. Almost none of us spoke English at home. We all, you know. So what did you speak at home? I, I German. To my, my grandmother lived in our house with us, helped raise me. And she, she only spoke Hungarian or German. My father only spoke Hungarian. Um, my mother could speak Hungarian, German, a little bit of French, because for a little while she lived in Quebec. Um, and obviously I was speaking English at school, you know. Yeah. Um, and my mother, she had learned English because she worked in like a department store. So we spoke either English or with my grandmother in the room, German. My poor dad didn't understand a word that was going on <laughs> when we were speaking in German. So yeah, but a lot of German in my house when I was a kid. Um, my friends mostly were Italian, but I had some friends who were Polish. Um, my best friends were immigrants too, but from England. So they spoke English. Uh, but yeah. That's it was, crazy. So your mom's from Hungary? She's from, she was born in Hungary. Okay, this is a long story. Yeah, yeah. Miss Muta. Sorry. Carla Mouton always used to want me to tell this to her her history class yeah. because um, she grew up in Hungary uh, just before mm -hmm. the war. Um, then the Russians, you know, Hungary is on the eastern side of Germany, kind of. So the Russians were the ones who took over at, at the end of the war. Well, the Russians just took everything. So my family's farm, everything. They knocked on the door, said, what you can carry, train station tomorrow. It's ours now. Everything you have is now ours. You're wow. going. 
So they were put on one of those cattle cars. Yeah. You know, and, and sent off. And they thought they were going to end up in a Russian gulag. They really were afraid. And they actually got sent to what was East Germany. Um, so when they got off the train and they realized that the people were speaking a language they understood, they were very, very relieved because they're going, okay, at least, you know, at least we can survive. And, and the men all carried tools and the women all carried their sewing stuff so that they could work. Mm-hmm, when they got mm-hmm. off that train, they would be able to work, even if they were just doing piecework or whatever. They were, that, you know, that's what they carried with them. And I think my mom was, I want to say, 10 you know, at the time. So she was the youngest, she was the youngest of all of her siblings. So some of my aunts were already married and stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that's how she ended up being in Germany because that little village was just on the other side of the Austrian border. So most people spoke German, even though they went to school in Hungarian and it was a Hungarian country. It was just a little village of German, you know, people. So they ended up being in Germany. It's cool. So, yeah. It's amazing. The, yeah, the history and where people, so Go back to to Lakeside. So the the transition from, you know, primary to high school, what was that first year like? Oh, yeah, no. So Give me some some of your stories. Okay, so, like, this is the first week of school, and I'm teaching AP chemistry, for goodness sakes. It's been a long time since I've done that kind of chemistry, right? Um, And I talked to the teacher who who taught it before me, Dr. Cravey, and she told me, start on Chapter 9. That's as far as we got. It's like, okay, I'll start on Chapter 9. Anyway, so I'm a nervous wreck. Um, and if you remember the desks back then, they were like tripod desks. They had two narrow feet on the butt of the chair and two wider feet on the table of the chair. Yeah. And you kind of had to slide in. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. me being, you know, trying to be cool, I put my arm on the edge of the front of the table and the whole table just went poof. And <laughs> I fell and my feet went up and caught the table in front of me. Oops, sorry. Very good. Um, caught the table in front of me and lifted it up. So now I'm laying on my butt with a table stuck on my legs and, you know, and the kids were good. It's, they were sweet, sweet kids. They didn't know whether to laugh or seriously be worried about me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, and I was laughing my head off. I'm going, I cannot believe I just did that. I literally fell on my butt the first week of school. Um, so they untangled me from all the tables and chairs and we started again. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very stressful, I don't think I slept for six weeks. Did you have any discipline issues? I I had one parent who, uh, blamed me because I didn't motivate her son. It was, it was my fault that he left the test completely blank because I didn't motivate him. It's like, oh, that's awesome. My first year teaching, my first, you know, probably the second test I gave. I'm going, oh, that's awesome. I have got to motivate him too. That's great. What is happening? (laughs) Yes. Not only teach, but also provide the incentive. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I said, it was it was kind of interesting. So yeah, and then uh, yeah, little things, things that I didn't that I took for granted. Like I said, I, uh, the next year they need a new student council sponsor. So I said, sure, I'll do that. You know, Again, thinking that's just one of the things you do as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, they're going, well, you're going to fill out your stipend for them. I'm going, my what? Well, you get paid for that. I'm going, my what? I get paid for that? That's awesome. I had no clue. I just thought that was one of the things you did. If you're a teacher, you work with kids, right? What, so what, what else? I'm trying to think. You were a coach? Oh, yeah, coach. So I was the assistant girls volleyball coach. And the assistant girls soccer coach for mm, two, three years, three years. And then I became the head soccer coach. So I was the girls 
head coach, I think only for one year. However, that was the year that they did the best they've ever done. We made it all the way to the semifinals. Really? Yeah. And I got out coach that game, I'm sure. Um, because we lost one to nothing in that semifinal game. And I had one player who's a really aggressive defender. Yeah. And I'm pretty darn sure that the coach of the other team had been watching our, our quarterfinal game where I was, you know, taking a bite out of her ear going, you better not foul in the box, you know, you better mm-hmm. stay straight, be smart. She was a great player, but really aggressive. Yeah. Um, they The first minute of the, the semifinal game, they put their best player right in front of her, and she flops over yeah. and gets a penalty shot. We lost one to nothing off of that. I mean, granted, we had the whole rest of the game to uh, to get that goal back, you know, and we fought hard to get that goal, but we just couldn't do it. And it's like, son of a gun. How coincidental is it that in the first minute of the game, their best player goes up against my most aggressive player and flops over? Yeah. Now, I'm sure she touched her. I don't think she pushed her in the first minute of the game. Yeah. You know, but... To me, that sums yeah. up soccer. Yeah. Good flop. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So... So, you say kids are the same, but I mean, going from high school to middle school... Well, yeah, they, there's a lot more. There's a lot more power struggle in the middle school. Uh, let me just say that way. Where the kids are trying, you, you got to really pay attention and not let yourself get into that, drawn into that little argument with the kid, because they haven't quite learned to play the game yet. You know, it's like I'm gonna win, really. Yeah, I'm they're testing gonna, the boundaries. Yes, they're, they're te- there's a lot more of that. Yeah, so I try and tell some of the high school kids, yeah. like, look, you you have to understand, this teacher yeah. is this way. Yeah, like accept Exce- it. Ex- it's okay. <laughs> Like, they don't want you to chew gum, and they're going to hammer you for it. So yes. just don't, don't chew, chew gum. gum. Exactly. Don't and fight them. Don't, yes. like, just yep. take it and wrote, like, are yes. you really getting in trouble? You're yes. not. And then they get mad because, well, you're not the same way. So, so what? I'm, I guarantee you that other teacher is mad at me right now because I'm not the same way. So you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. That's life. Yes. You know? Life skills. For goodness sakes. Like, the sooner you yes. accept that yes. everyone's going to handle things differently, the yes. better you're off you're going to be. Uh-huh. So, Yeah. So what what about what makes Lakeside so special? I guess we are we really are um, we're, we're at least I want to say trying because it sounds like we're not succeeding, but we are doing what needs to be done to do what's best for kids, you know. And then the rest is on us, you know. Some of us, like you said, we have a difference of opinions or whatever, but we're making it possible. Let's say it that way. We yeah. really make it possible to do what's best for the kids. Yeah. So, and I know, feel like success is a very seldom have I been told sliding no. scale. Yeah. yeah. Very seldom have I been told no that you can't do that. And then when I have been, it's because there's a darn good reason usually. And it's funny when you get in, when you get with an administrator or somebody who doesn't want to tell you no, that they, they, they just feel bad telling you no. It's like, man, I'm a grown up. I can take it. You know, I, I can take it. And especially if you have a darn good reason. You know, if you have a good reason, that's one of the things I like about Jamie Preston. She'll tell you no. Yep. And she has a good reason. Like, yep. I may not agree with it, but yeah. she has a good reason. And so, I love a good no. Yeah. Because I, I just don't, mm-hmm. waffling on the fence does nothing. No, I exactly. can handle it. Like, yeah. Either yes that's why, or no. Yeah. Yes, I do too. Um, I mean, so sh- Shoot me straight, baby. Shoot yeah. me straight. Uh, so what about your, like, I feel like you have this reputation of, of no filter. <laughs> you, you were, you knew, I knew you were going to go there sooner yeah. or later. So, yeah, I've been doing good so far. Yeah, you have. So, yeah. so how's that How's that play? Like, what, what's that come from? Uh, like, 
How's that work in the school setting? It comes from, I hate to say it, it comes from teaching my own kid. It was not quite so bad. I'm sure I was, and part, part of it's my personality, no doubt about it. Um, but it didn't happen until I was seeing these kids three, four times a day, teaching them pre-AP chemistry, teaching them AP chemistry, teaching them physics, seeing them on the soccer field, seeing them at my house. All of this kind of coincided with me, where you know, in the same three, four year span, I was seeing an awful lot of the same group of kids. Um, and so, you know, you're, that line kind of got blurred, I guess. And so I just probably said a few things I shouldn't have said at some point or another. Um, the funny thing is, and this is what people don't understand, because, of course, they only get the facts. They don't, they don't see that face, right? They yeah. didn't see the big smile yeah. on my face when I said the wrong thing, but it was very obviously a joke. Um, I don't... I don't, my filter comes full on when I get angry. In fact, one kid laughed one year. She's going, Miss Self, you are the only person I've ever seen yell at us with a big smile on your face. I said, because my filter is on full blast right now. <laughs> my filter is on full blast. Yeah. Um, the filter comes down when I'm making a joke. Yeah. And that's where I've accidentally uh, yeah. made, a, made the wrong joke at the wrong expense. Yeah. I was like, oh boy, that was a big dumb thing to yeah. say. <laughs> I can see that. Being um, a tough issue to balance for yes. sure. Yeah, when you're, yes, that was a, kids and all that was a thing, and I guess I like I said I I mm, that was definitely a thing. I knew way too much about my own son too, because they didn't hold back. Myself, he's not allowed to date that girl. It's like okay, uh, that's thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know he was there. That yeah. was by, by then the GPS started coming out. What is he doing at? Who lives at this address? And the kids would all tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. Well, I also think that's probably one of the things that endears you to kids in some yeah. form or fashion is the fact that you're a straight shooter. Like, yeah. I feel like you are very much... Well, and you can, like I said, your brothers were both in my class before my son. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, we still had good relationships, but though, you know, it was, like I said, the filter was a little bit stronger back then. So. What do you want people to say or remember about your time at Lakeside? Oh my goodness. To remove yourself and be like, okay, this is how I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, a, that's a tough one, you know, cause, because I'm not, somebody said something about, because you can't see on the radio, but I just got my hair cut and somebody said, oh, it looks cute. It's like, no, nobody calls me cute and nobody calls me sweet, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> those are two, two adjectives that never go with me. Um, so if someone calls you cute and sweet, you're saying they don't oh, know you? Well, that's, <laughs> yes. Or they're, they're projecting their own, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, for me, it's, like you said, you know, straight shooter. Everybody knows where they stand in my world. Um, I, don't, I don't like to play games, even though I do. You know, we all have to. It's mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, they know I'm playing a game. Oh, you got to do this, don't you? It's like we all roll our eyes and, and do what we got to do, you know? What about, this is more current, what about your own immigration status versus what's going on now? Or how, like, like, so how was, I'm assuming you, I don't know, I don't know how that works, honestly. Yeah, well, for me, well, other than the FBI losing my paperwork for a year and I had to refile, so I had to pay another $400 to refile for citizenship, I am a citizen now. Um, and yeah. I How'd mean, that work? It was it was fine. I stayed on my green card till it expired because I was too lazy to do anything about it. It's, mm -hmm. Green card's good for 10 years. Um, after that, you know, the only thing you can't do on a green card is vote. 
So, but I thought, well, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I may as well vote. It's mm-hmm. an important part of being here. Um, so I did apply for citizenship, and that took almost two years because the FBI lost my paperwork. And we had to make a few phone calls to senators to go, this is ridiculous. Why is this taking so long? Um, it was really easy, though. They, they, you can't say it's not a racist thing because totally I'm from Canada, and it was not a big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. You know how some people say, well, there's three million um, people who are registered to vote who, can't, who are illegal aliens. Well, when I went to get my driver's license, first thing they asked me is, well, do you want to register to vote? And it's like, well, I'm not allowed to vote. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not a citizen. Oh, okay. They would have gladly let me register to vote. Now, think about it if I'm an illegal alien, right? And I don't want to draw attention to myself. And they say, do you want to register to vote? I'll say, sure, I'll fill out this paperwork. Will I actually show up to vote? No way. You know, yeah, because yeah. nobody's watching over my shoulder then. Yeah. There's no way I would show up to vote. But I can believe that there's an awful lot of people who are registered because of that circumstance. You don't want to draw attention to yourself, so you fill out whatever paperwork they ask you. Yeah. You know, but yeah. whether those people actually vote, I sincerely doubt it because that takes time and effort. And, you know, like I said, and money. It takes money. It's not free to immigrate to this country. Yeah. So, facts. <laughs> it's it's so, hard to teach yeah. them to see both sides yeah. or to see well, more than just what you've yeah. grown up with. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, again, we're adults. Do you ever sit back and think, when did I learn this? At what point in my life did I learn that? Uh, what was I? <laughs> I'd listen to, like, my podcast in the morning. My is the, the news, and then the word of the day, and then the you know this day in history. Well, today's word of the day was enigma. You know, a puzzle. A, quandary whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i remember i was in university so i was in my 20s when i accidentally used the word enema instead of an so i didn't even know what that word enema meant yeah yeah instead of enigma i knew what enigma meant i just said it badly <laughs> and i had to look it up and i'm going oh my goodness no wonder everybody laughed their yeah. head off at yeah. me so yeah at what point in our lives did we learn some of these things what do we expect of these kids mm-hmm. you know um so, all right. Let's give some uh, some quick hitters. What's the last book you've read? Okay, um, it was called Plum Island, a Nelson DeMille mystery book. It was actually really good. Uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, that's a tough one. Whew. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I love the Harry Potter books. Let's, really? Yes, I love all the Harry Potter. The fourth one is my favorite because it has all the action of the the uh, Quidditch World Cup. I mean, I remember reading that to Dylan, and my voice would get faster. You know, it's like, oh, it's like so exciting. But they have all the interpersonal relationships, the good and evil, the mystery. I love all those books. Yeah, yeah. I've never read them. Oh, yeah. No. And it's all of it. It's, if it wasn't for the relationships, nobody would like those books. But the relationships between the kids and their teachers and their families and the good and the bad. and Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really, that's the worthwhile part of it. You know, it's, it just so happens that they're wizards and witches. Yeah. What's your current TV show that you can't miss or you DVR you watch? Okay, Forged in Fire. What? Forged in Fire. Okay. What's that? It's, a, it's one of those reality where they get blacksmiths or knife makers, I guess, because some of them, some of them are horseshoers, barriers, and they make a knife in a three hour time limit. And then they get judged 
it's really, really, really yeah. What it's, show is that? What channel? It's, it's on the History Channel. History Channel. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just it's just like you know the Great British Bake Off. Instead of making a cake, they're making a knife, and then their final challenge, once they've willowed it down to the two, they have to make some like kind of sword or an axe or some kind of fantastical thing, either from a, a fantasy or from history, like a old Scottish claymore or something. Yeah. What uh? What's playing on your radio in your car outside it's of a podcast? podcast? It's a podcast. podcast. Sorry. Um. It yeah. It's you know, usually no, a podcast. no music. Very seldom music. What would, um, you, what would your music be if it was? Uh, pop music, cheesy pop music. So. Uh, favorite dessert. <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream. Just what kind? Uh, Rocky Road. Really? Yep. I like all the different swirls and the little marshmallow chunks and stuff. Biggest difference between Canada and the United States? Oh, attitude. It's, and it's so funny because that's all it is. I mean, people are people. Um, it's just, like I said, we, you all worry too much. You all work too much here. Vacation is is a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and I think that changes your whole attitude. That and the and say what you will about the healthcare. It may or may not be the best in the world, but you don't worry. And when you don't worry, your whole attitude changes. You know, you don't worry about getting sick. You don't worry, like my mother had a little episode earlier in the year, and so I thought she was having a heart attack, so my brother took her to the hospital. They ran every conceivable test they could, and, you know, she didn't see a bill. So that, I mean, she's going to worry because she's afraid she's sick, but she didn't have the added worry of paying a bill now. Yeah. So all of those things really affect attitude, and uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences because, like I said, big city people, you know, we did live in New Jersey for a little while, and then small country people in Nebraska. Wow, that was even smaller than Arkansas. So, yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all I got. All righty. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good bit. Yeah, it's quite a bit. You're going to edit that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, no, say, no, this is. Bore the heck out of everybody with all yeah. that conversation. No, no, no. Definitely going to edit so, it down. So, yeah. all right. All well, righty. Cool. Thanks. No problem.